Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hello, welcome back to Me, Myself, Care, and I. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. And we are the co-host, co-founders, and co-producers of Locatora Radio. And this month, we are guest hosting Crooked Minis. Uh, so me, myself, Karen, and I on this installment of Crooked Minis is all about self-care as community care. Last time, uh, we interviewed the Cumbiaton Collective, Paolo Riveros, and DJ Sizzle Fantastic, about the party's praxis. Um, and politic for undocumented queer people of color. And today we're going to be talking with a very special, precious gem, Mike, a.k.a. Hood Prophet, about self-care, community care, and digital space, and the power of poetry, really, as a force for community care. But before we bring Hood Prophet on for that conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about this topic ourselves and even our own experience with this stuff. Yeah, so we are millennials, right? Yes. If you haven't caught on just yet. Mm -hmm. We are millennials, and we didn't necessarily grow up on the internet per se, but it was definitely becoming a very big part of our lives as we were growing up, meaning MySpace, AIM, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now there's TikTok. I don't know what that is. Right. Now, now we're now we're old, and that's like trying to catch up. All right, do I got to make a TikTok account? Exactly. No, I don't. What's this newfangled contraption? I, I don't need to make one, and I will not. It's called our digital like front lawn. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Yeah. We're right. like it's we're the we're the the e señoras now. We're the IG baddies, okay. We're still IG baddies. We're still IG baddies. We're, mat- we're just mature users right, now. Right, right. Maybe there's less thirst traps now, but there you can scroll down and still find them. I'm not the young like 17 year old Tumblr dweller that I no, once no, no. was. Tumblr was was a big one <laughs> oh, for yeah. me in high school. I mean, my first social media like account to my memory was my AIM account. Same, right? I was Beach Goddess. I was chatting. I don't remember my first. I just think it's so funny that even as like a nine-year-old, not a nine-year-old, like a 13-year-old, I was still goddess. Yes. I was still beach goddess. I don't know why beach because I didn't live by the beach, but I guess like just being from California, from LA. You just embodied. I did. Those waves. (laughs) But um, yeah, no. And what were you talking about, beach goddess? What were you on AIM? I I try and think about what what was I spending all my time, hours? Well, we would spend all day in school with our friends and then go home and then go on to AIM to talk with our friends. I I remember I would have like Taking Back Sunday lyrics as my away Away message. message. Because I was a little angsty. teenager so even then right Mm -hmm. you were angsty and you were expressing it online I spent a lot of time on Tumblr and when I was on Tumblr I think that's when I first started following pages um, that had something to do with like things that I was going through you know um, I remember looking to Tumblr for some type of like advice or or I don't know solace or reprieve from whatever it was I was dealing with and I as somebody who has like lived with eating disorders for essentially my entire adolescence right like at least 10 years and I still deal with things but at the height of it I remember being on Tumblr and following like the curves and color 
and, you know, like the plus size and body positive pages before body positivity had really been sort of corporatized. Like language, yeah. Yeah. But I remember there was a certain amount of healing and like resource gathering on Tumblr happening for me, for my young self. And I started following a lot of like women of color centered accounts. And I think I was really trying to understand like this intersectionality, right, of being both women and then being like a racial or ethnic other. And a lot of that education was happening on the internet because it wasn't happening like in our schools. It really wasn't. No. Yeah. I I remember all that discourse happening on Tumblr and then it moving on to Twitter. And there was this tweet the other day by um, Trudes. And she was talking about like, for me, like I see them as foundational online blogs and resources that like how I learned about intersectional feminism and one of them was Black Girl Dangerous Mm -hmm. and she like calls upon hashtags that I remember like this is like where the conversation and the dialogue was happening like hashtag you okay sis You know, I remember when Bad Dominicana did, quizás no te pega, mm-hmm. no te pegue. Um, so all those things were happening on the internet. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring up to, like, your AIM, like, your screen name. Mm-hmm. Like, even these words are, like, so, like, it's such a throwback, your screen name, your weight <laughs> message. Right, right, like, right. Your status, your Facebook <laughs> status. Um, but, like having that online identity and persona. And I remember, like, I had a friend who commented, whether it was on Twitter or wherever else, that I was always changing my handle Mm. and my username or my screen name because I was always experimenting with different names constantly, constantly, constantly until I settled on one Mala, which I've stuck with, and it's the only one I've stuck with. But even thinking about how trippy that we as young people were, like, playing around with having alter egos online and other, other identities online and that we've carried with us and like kind of like what what it was that about like right. as youngsters like what were we doing yeah and um it's a fine line between like catfishing and performance art because i think quite accurately you know like social media is described as performative and that's because it is because it's a performance it's a display mm-hmm. you know performative is is sort of a negative take but if we just own it, no, it, this is performance. performance. This is a art. performance space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can kind of lean into that and then understand, like, those of us who use it and look to it as being a type of performer. Mike, something that Mike does, Hood Prophet does, is performing online in different ways and in different capacities. I think about, you know, even teachers in real life as being performers and teaching as performance. Yeah. You have an audience. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You have a script. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. you have a message you're trying to portray. And so even if you're using the online space to teach, mm-hmm. right, it's like doubly performative at that point. But, um, you know, there we talk about the Internet and it's so multifaceted and multidimensional. There's a lot of different things that we can put into it and then also get out of it. And so in addition to this conversation, thinking about how, like, the Internet can be a space for healing, for promoting healing, for seeking, like, community and healing, but also a place that we need to heal from. Yeah. I see a lot of folks talking about disconnecting. Yes. Like detoxing. Detoxing and disconnecting, whether that be for an hour each day, whether that be for the entire weekend, you know. So also prioritizing the detox of social media in the self-care. Yes. I've seen that go hand in hand now. And I also have seen like multiple posts, multiple people, like lots of people sharing this idea of only follow accounts that make you feel good about yourself. Right. If you're hate following. Don't do that. Don't do that. You shouldn't be following. You're just upsetting yourself. Exactly. I mean, inspirational can be good, but almost like aspirational when you're like following people because you want to be like them. I don't necessarily know if that's making you feel good. 
Right. You know, it might be, it might not be. So now reevaluating who we're even following, asking ourselves what kind of content are they putting out and is, and why do we like it? You know, so I definitely see the digital detox being a part of the self-care now. Just the comparison is such like a thief of joy. It's such like a traitor of the self. Like, (laughs) and again, because keeping in mind the basis for your comparison is performance Mm -hmm. art (laughs) is on the social media, you know, we actually met online. We met online. We call our meet cute a millennial love story yeah. um, because we were we're both from L.A., but we never met in real life until much later. We had already been following each other for years on multiple social media platforms. I want to say we were following each other for probably like three or four years. Which is wild. Before we actually met. And later to find out that we actually had a lot of mutual friends growing up. A ton. Because we were both in the Catholic school system. Lord. (laughs) Lord Jesus. It's true. It's true, but we just never crossed paths. And then one day, you know, we had each already graduated from college and we're back home, back in L.A. And of course, so we're online and we see, like, I remember I was, you know, on Facebook and I saw that there was going to be a meetup in downtown L.A. And it was put on by these two, like, Latina collectives, Latina Rebels, which was an Instagram account, still is an Instagram account, and Chingona Fire, an L.A.-based poetry collective. And they were putting together this meetup downtown. And I remember thinking in my head at that moment, every Latina with an Instagram account is going to be at this thing. I need to go. And I remember seeing it and thinking the same thing because I was back in L.A. post-undergrad and trying to figure out where my community was, right? Where were my friends? You know, I definitely didn't stay in touch with anybody from back home, like not really, a couple people. But I was like, okay, so where's the new community that I'm going to cultivate? And I also wasn't someone... I'm still not. I'm a little better about it now, but I wouldn't necessarily go to places by myself. I wouldn't go to an event by myself if I didn't know anyone. So I took a chance and I went to this meetup by myself. And lo and behold, this is where I see Mala in the flesh for the very first time. And it was a magical, magical sight. And it's funny because we each showed up with like our then partners and those partners. No, I went by myself. Oh, you were by yourself. Oh, that was just me. Never (laughs) mind. Just you. You were the only girl. Well, he didn't last. You were the only woman (laughs) with your boo there. I remember. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that's cute is it is it cute it wasn't it wasn't but some things last and other things and other things and we've lasted lasted. this has lasted the test of time (laughs) yes so yeah the internet's a wild place magical yeah dangerous i think like anything like we have to let things have nuance you know, I'm all about that. Like, I really, truly do not live in a black and white world. Like, and I don't see things as black and white. Like, I'm very much in the nuance. And I think mm-hmm. this conversation around self-care and community care is obviously nuanced. I think having a nuanced conversation about all of the joys and community building and community making that the Internet has brought us is really important to document. Yeah. At the same time, recognizing that there are a lot of downfalls, like anything. Absolutely. So I'm really excited. I think that Hood Profit is going to have a lot of really interesting perspective on this. Being a young person, a young creative, a young he's, queer person of color. Right. That's how young he is. He's right. younger than us. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're reading that, po- we're reaching that point now where folks are younger than us and I don't know how to feel about it. What? All of a sudden. It's like, wait, we're the, we're the young bad bitches. We are. We still are. <laughs> we, we still, still are. are. We still are. It's all right. It's all good. There's room. There's room for more oh, young bad bitches. Oh, then there are plenty of them. I I've seen them. They're great. They're great. So, yeah, let's bring on Mike. 
and we'll be back after this short break. Crooked Minis is brought to you by Feels. Do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? If you don't, congratulations, you're a sociopath. (laughs) The rest of us, meanwhile, we do experience those things. So that's why there's Feels. What is Feels, you ask? Feels is premium (laughs) CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. It's very easy to use. Real human support. Are you new new to CBD? Feels offers a free CBD hotline and text message support to help guide your personal experience. (laughs) I cannot imagine a more chill fucking consumer helpline (laughs) than the the CBD oil helpline. It's mostly just people calling to thank them. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. Membership, you can join Feels community, get feel, Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. Feels has has everyone you're hearing. John, say your voice. Hi. Feels in our best. They're all feeling their best every day. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash crooked minis, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash crooked minis to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free mm. shipping feels.com slash crooked minis crooked minis is brought to you by better help is there something that interferes with your happiness is preventing you from achieving your goals better help online counseling is there for you get help on your own time and at your own pace you can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist better helps licensed professional counselors are specialized in depression stress anxiety relationships anger family conflicts lgbt matters grief sleeping trauma and self-esteem Anything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. This is not a crisis line. BetterHelp has 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states with four communications modes. Text, chat, phone, video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Crooked Minis listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CROOKEDMINIS. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash crookedminis. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash crookedminis. And Crooked Minis is brought to you by Nordstrom Rack. Save up to 70% off designer brands, extended holiday returns. Early gift shoppers can purchase gifts without having to worry about the normal 45-day return policy. Purchases made between October 30th and December 17th can be returned to any Rack store or by mail up to January 31st. Free shipping on orders over $100. You enter the code CROOKED at checkout to take 10% off your first order of $50 or more. One-time use per per customer. Online purchases only. Go to Nordstrom Rack. Pick up some items. You guys can get... Enter Some the damn co- good deals at Nordstrom Rack. Enter the code CROOKED at checkout. Take 10% off your order of $50 or more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Mike, can you please introduce yourselves for our listeners? Hi, everybody. Um, Mike, (laughs) I'm an Aquarius Sun Libra Rising. Um, I'm an, uh, I'm a poet, uh, a teacher, an organizer, a light worker. Um, 
I'm a tattoo artist, actually. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. She does. She does all the things. Uh huh. Yes. We came to know you and know of you and know about your work through a lot of different avenues. So, mm. a little bit the poetry lounge, a little bit of Twitter, a little bit of Instagram, mm. um, different community spaces and LA art spaces. And one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you in is because I think that you do a lot of healing work through your poetry, through your online expression. And I know that you also have gone through a lot of different transformations in the past few years. And we wanted to invite you in just to talk about this notion of self-care and centering the self while also centering community. Mm. How does that like topic relate with you? So in the beginning, my work was less centered in healing, which is still like a transition in the process that I'm still, I guess, just like trying to unlearn. I think like I came into organizing at a really young age. And um, like when I came into organizing, like the wave of self-care wasn't there yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like if you're an organizer, it was like a very like normal thought or like a normal thing to be like, yeah, some days you're not going to eat or some days you're going to be like triggered to the point where you're like fucking breaking down and like you still show up and you're on the front like forefronts and you're organizing and you're grinding. and That's just what it is, you know. So I learned like a very specific idea of resistance. Right. And then it got to the point where it was like, I'm going to fucking die. (laughs) You know, like I'm not taking care of myself and I'm kind of like running myself into this hole and then I think it's taking me and it's in it is still a process of like figuring out how my healing is my resistance and how like I like I I think now my goal and everything that I do but like specifically in my poetry is like I know I know one of my jobs is to make like my experience and my and, and and like my pain and like my trauma is pretty enough for people to digest, right? So it's like, how am I not just like showing people how I've navigated, but also like giving folks the tools that I've used in case like you have similar experience to to survive, you know? And um, I want to ask you about being a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. I'm a person with lots of tattoos. Yes. Well, to me, there are a lot. I have eight tattoos, and I see myself having even more in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk about the connection between body art and healing from you as someone with tattoos and then now on the opposite side as a tattoo artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, with tattoos, my head goes, like, we kind of, like, I don't want to say we, like, carelessly kind of, like, put things on our bodies, but we, I mean, we do, though, you know? So this is, it's literally, like, what you're carrying with you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even when it's like a careless thing, I feel like people subconsciously get tattoos that are still aiding you in your journey somehow, right? Um, and even I just think of like in ritual um, of like how I've marked my body in ritual. And even though it wasn't tattoo, it was like still like um, like I'm doing this to ground myself. I'm doing this to co- to invoke something. I'm doing this to connect to something. I'm doing. Um, Everything with with some kind of intention and some kind of, like, purpose. But you also have done some events, Mm -hmm. Porch Poetry. Yes. And I would love to talk about poetry spaces as healing spaces. I have the feeling you've been in many a different poetry space. Yes. Um, And I'm sure there's a right way to do it, and then there's things that can be improved upon. But in your experience and the types of poetry spaces you've created or been in, what does that do for a community or for a space Mm. to allow people to get together and to share in that way? Mm. I don't know. I just I I mean, I think just off the top of my head, like poetry spaces have have saved my life and like not to just like fucking say it lightly, but like really have had like a really big impact on my life. And I think it's the spaces 
the spaces that are like really intentional of like cultivating a space where people can get free in. What does that mean for you getting free? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when I think about freedom for myself, I think about freedom on a on a community basis where it's like as a as a black queer person you get to just exist you know and not not have to worry about like being shot or being jumped or or or, or being like called out your name or like whatever right mm-hmm. like you get to just exist and i love that you bring in the external right because you know i feel like one of the reasons why we want to get into this topic and connecting the self care and the community care is can an individual get there all all alone hmm. is it even possible yeah. to get there alone or is our well-being and our freedom intrinsically tied with that of our community and those around us hmm. so you mentioned hmm. existing as resistance as well mm-hmm. right and you're talking about showing up as your full authentic self and you know the way that you and i have our armor is mm-hmm. like very different but also very similar hmm. i feel like we see like style and aesthetic as armor at least that's how I perceive it Mm. do you feel that way do you feel like you're you're the way you present yourself out in the world is armor do you feel like Mm. your your style the way the way you're showing up for yourself do you feel that that is armor do you feel like that is a part of your self-care I think I think it's definitely armor but I think sometimes like I think sometimes the way I dress are kind of like um I feel like it's like it's like I like presenting to the world that I've like earned my stripes almost mm. um, like in a way that it's like like I feel free and you're going to see that I'm visibly free. Right. So like I'm out in a fucking pink tutu dress and some like big ass heels and you know that I'm getting free, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in those spaces, it's less armor and it's me kind of like showing out mm-hmm. <laughs> very frankly, you yeah. know, but I, I think a lot of times. The way I present myself is 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 very much armor because I I think a lot of times I'm not in spaces where I can wear a fucking tutu or express myself the way I feel right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's been something really interesting for me to like process but I I know I know I am like a non-binary queer person right. Um, but I know because of the way I present, I'm received in a lot of spaces as a cis man. Um, and I know I have the privilege of walking out the door and kind of like being able to decide um, whether I'm visibly like a cis man or not. Right. Um, and a lot of times, like especially when I'm like home or like in my neighborhood, like I know I'm presenting more as a cis man at a safety. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I was like, yo, this is kind of fucked up. Like mm-hmm. I have like. And, and not even it's fucked up because I'm, like, fucking, like, being oppressed or anything, but it's fucked up because, like, like on some, like, trying to check my privilege, right? On some, like, oh, the, like, I get to still choose to be a man, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, I, I get to choose my safety when a lot of people don't, right? Because a lot of times, like, even recently, like, it's been, it's been hard for me to, like, present myself as a cis man because that's not, like, who I am, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so now I've been, like, processing of, like, how... Less of, like, like shaming myself of it being, like, a privilege and more, like, trying to deconstruct what it means, like, for me to still exist in a box when I've worked so hard my entire life to, like, not fit in them. So, yeah, I think mm, the way I present and the way I dress specifically is armor almost all the time. 
I we had Cumbiaton on the episode before. We had Paolo and uh, DJ Cezal. Mm. And we asked, you know, basically for you specifically or for your community specifically, what's the self-care checklist or the community care checklist? What do your folks need um, mm. to be taken care of? Resources, <laughs> right? Um, so when thinking about, like, self-care for my community, I immediately think of, like, actual sustainable like places and like spaces with like some kind of like resource, right? Um, I, I think about like self-sufficient spaces, I guess, yeah. or like self-ran spaces. Yeah, because I, I I think I wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for the spaces and the people in the spaces that have like poured into me, you know, or the people that have held me or the people that have checked in on me when I was like in really fucked up places, you know. Yeah, I just think about how unsafe it is outside. <laughs> just frankly, you know, mm-hmm. like. I, I like it's still hard for me now, like to leave my house, you know, and I think about like if I had a space to go to, like mm-hmm. shit would be different, you know, shit would be very different. So, yeah, I think I my mind immediately goes to like sustainable, like actual physical spaces that exist for our people as means of self-care. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. I think we talk about that, like through Locatora, through the podcast, mm-hmm. like what can what kind of physical space can we have? that we can use like as an event space for our people, for our community, that, that's sustainable. Yeah. yeah, I definitely resonate with that. So throughout this mini series, we have been grounding it in a quote by Audre Lorde. And the quote is, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is mm. an act of political warfare. What are your thoughts on that quote? Anything that comes to mind for you that resonates with you? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's big, big yes. You know, I think um, I just I don't think we know self-care or self-love like the way we should. You know, I think it's um, I, I, I even just think about like being a young person and like dating or like in like social spaces and like partying or like events or like whatever, you know, like in like the young life. And I think about like how how selfish you're received when you're taking care of yourself mm-hmm. right and um i think about yeah just like how 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 it, it's it's not like a normalized thing even though we talk about it so much you know i i, I think like self-care has been like popularized as like very specific forms of self-care that doesn't look the same for everybody yeah so i i i really like the idea of self-care like being self-preservation and it being a radical act because existing in in a, in a world that doesn't want you to exist is is radical and is resistance and that makes me really happy. Yes, like what you said right now about like young people not being allowed mm-hmm. self-care. When I was younger even, like in my early 20s, even in high school, I remember my, my dad would always tell me I didn't have a reason to be tired mm. even though I like had anxiety and I had you know, undiagnosed depression, um, that's what I would hear all the time, that I wasn't allowed to be tired because I was so young. Yeah. And these are like immigrant folks that have been working forever. So they're like, what are you tired from? Yeah. You know, and, and that's like a generational conversation that needs to be had. But we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, have a lot yeah. to be tired about. Yeah. I, and, and I think even like uh, aside from it being like an age thing, or even just like as people of color and like as black people and brown people, like we're not, we're not allowed, yeah. you know, we're not allowed. So um, we're super excited. What a treat. Mike is going to share some poetry with us right now. So Mike, Hood Prophet, take it away. So I wrote this poem. I wrote this poem for all the boys that have fallen in love with boys that still like to pretend that they don't love boys. Papi, I see you. 
I see you and I'm so sorry. He will try to make a martyr of you. Denounce your name in his home, but praise it like scripture every time that he's in your palms. How sacrilegious a love this could have been. He will bury you in the dark of backseat parking lot in movie theater. Sacrifice your skeleton to secret as if, as if you were ever his to give away. But I was always only his to give away. See, when you love a boy... When you love a boy, you've already lost half the battle after you've tried and tried and tried your very fucking best to rename your bones home for him. He'll call you distance, build build 50-foot walls and 50-foot walls, and then ask you to trust him. Now now you're 32 weeks deep in his Instagram and, and have rewatched the same snap, the same snap for the 15th time, for the 15th time of the woman that he now calls home. I will make a hurricane of these palms, wash my sins away and similarly make tsunami of this here poem. I am so tired. I'm so tired of trying to break this body home for boys that don't know how to love me or themselves. I fell into him. I fell into this boy with, with melting wings, a smile on my face and absolutely no desire to fly again. And ain't I presumptuous to, to expect the person that I love, the, the person that I love to catch and carry all the parts of me that I'm not strong enough to most days. Now see, most most days, most days, I still love you. And I guess on all the other ones, I must still love myself. Um, I still don't be brave enough to leave the house, to walk out that front door and battle the entire world for this existence. But on days like this, on days like this, I'm reminded that these healing hands make fists too. I'm here to shake up the algorithm, to shift the conversation, to confuse all the boys and girls in the room. I want to tell my straight ex-boyfriend. I want to tell my straight ex-boyfriend that gay niggas fight too. And I got enough hands for the both of us. I want to look him. I want to I want to look him in his pretty face and, and hold it long enough for him to remember that I still love him when he goes home with a head full of questions and, and a heart full of reasons why I wish I could make make us strangers again just so I could convince him that this world and this life is one best served without boundaries. I am going to write a thousand more poems, hopefully, <laughs> and then I'm going to write a thousand more about him. With this sandpaper throat and a heart heavy enough to hold back tears and, and hope that he hears just, just one of them. Yes. Damn. Emotions. Thank you. Thank Hood you Profit. So much. Mike, where can people find your work, keep up with you, support what you're doing? Where can folks keep up with you? Um Instagram. Yeah, I'm gonna say Instagram. My Instagram is Hood Profit. Uh H-O-O-D-P-R-O-F-E-T. Um, and I want to say it's the same on Twitter. I feel like if you just like look me up, though, it's there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to stick with Instagram. Mike, <laughs> thank you so much for making the time to come out here and have this conversation with us. Yes, ma'am. This has been a really fun uh, episode of Crooked Minis. We'll be back next week with a whole nother Crooked Minis episode. Until then, you can keep up with us, Mala and Diosa of Locatora Radio at Locatora underscore radio. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom. Where else are we? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.